Secret Friends Unite! You know, that's always in the men's room. They scribble out the thing. Yes, push butt, dry push, hand on. Push butt, dry hand on someone else's butt. Anyway, this is great. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 381. This is your guide to the geek side. And I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, in parts unknown. Joined by Charlie Carden in places known. Todd moved to a place so unknown, it was like two miles away from his house. He told me, still won't give me his address, though, because he knows I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up with like a six-pack of PBR and some pork rinds. And you'll show up with your RV and unload the shitter. Yes. Hey, Merry Christmas, shooters full. After after you uh, made a bad deal on cosplay gear and, just, and lost your house in the in the deal. Cos gear. I know. I almost had that Orville uniform sold this week. Some guy in a group I was said, yeah, I'd want one, but it was, he was a, he was a little guy. It was too big for him, which is too bad. So it just still sits in a tub in the garage. The Orville. The, the Orville. Orville. <laughs> I, I, tell you, they, I won't even won't even bother to watch that show uh, after. Uh, seeing it return but something that i would not waste not fail to waste my time on because meaning i would waste my time is uh and i picked this one this was me this is a continuation of uh the comic cover from last week this is uh, last week we had action comics 380 now we have action comics 381 this is still from uh 1969 october of 1969 superman decides to throw down and directly in front of the united nations declares himself dictator of earth he brought his own flagpole you see him driving it into the ground he's not going to take down another flagpole he's going to be like here's mine no more United Nations. My Superman banner will will replace all other flags. Um, I'm taking over the whole world. Well, how's it going to bounce back from this one? I don't, I don't know. know. It must be on like the the pink kryptonite or something that's causing him to right. go crazy. Yes, <laughs> case of the crazies. Uh, but you know what? For 15 cents an issue, I'm sure it was jam packed with good storytelling, great characterization, and world changing events. And nothing right. and, and and nothing stayed the same after that issue. Nothing that was easily erased by the events of Crisis, which was like 25 years later. Correct. So Correct. yeah, good yeah. stuff. Um, but yes, the ever the ever loving purveyor of good stuff uh, when it comes to this show would be our senior news correspondent, our gal who's got all of the good news that's fit to print or pull off the internets. That's right, I'm talking about our aged gal, Madam Webb, with her rumors and news. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. We are Madam Webb. Uh, actually, Charlie, she is my first guest. Uh, she actually was sleeping in the pod all along. She was breaking into the pod every night, uh, unaware. She she'd go out uh, get a get a bucket, uh, <laughs> a, a, a jug of water, and you know a bag of uh, McDonald's hamburgers, and she would sneak in at night and sneak out during the day. Who knew that she was right. uh, slumming in my storage pod? When times are tough, times are are tough. I, I totally understand. But anyway, she did bring us some fat tidbits this week, including 
something that certainly uh, our shared uh, cosplay husband, Mark, is very excited about. Uh, that is a rumor, um, rumors, rumors, uh, that the star of the Jedi Fallen Order video game, which came out three years ago, 2019 maybe, uh, Cal Kestis, portrayed by the magnificent, my Irish brother, Cameron Monaghan, uh, could be getting his own Disney Plus series. Now, Todd, I know that you love things that play in that post-Clone Wars space. So <laughs> how, how does this make you feel? And you're a gamer, so have you played the game? Oh, yeah. I yeah, I love the game. Yeah, it was a it was actually a really great uh, just Star Wars story. Uh, you know, he was one of the Jedis that was, you know, trying to stay undercover and they introduced a lot of new characters and that's what i really like it really didn't play into oh so and so showed up and so no it was like these were all, right. almost all exclusively new characters and characters you didn't know their fate so it was like oh what's gonna happen where's it gonna show and you know as we're finding in star wars charlie seems like there's a lot more jedis and former be jedi it's like okay so whatever uh geese goose Mice, mice, moose. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's another Jedi that was just undercover and he having adventures. And we are getting the game, the new game, which is called right. Survivor. It takes mm-hmm. five years after the first game. Put it in between or, or put it down. Uh, so, yeah, somewhere in that. So yeah. I'm not sure if this is going to be a straight adaptation. They'll play fast and loose. They'll tell other adventures because this character is basically an open book because yeah. we've only seen nice. the one game. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So and it's and, yeah, my experience with those games, as you know, this plus Battlefront is I enjoy the the, the cutscenes, little films mm-hmm. that I can watch on YouTube. So, um, yeah, I like this one, too. I watched it again recently when I know we did. Uh, we went through it with a guest on Holocron, so I'm like, I better educate myself again. So I watched it. And those cutscene films are about two hours, so it's like watching a film. It's like watching sure. a movie theater. So it's it's pretty good. The only thing you're missing um, is the is the beating up of things and a big bat, right. That, right. that big bat creature. If you saw that in the clips, yeah. I, 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 okay, I, <laughs> I never. It was cool. I, I guess I have to watch it a few more times. But anyway, um, you know, even if this is rumored, it gets announced, it's not been produced, there's a lot of stuff in front of it. So this would be something I would think if it was announced tomorrow that we wouldn't see it till 2025, you know, tops. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, it, yeah. the story is ready to go. Like you said, if they, they just use the uh, cutscenes and they've got basically storyboarded, everything's done. They well, just have to and they already have their lead actor. Uh, and then some of the actor actors in it. So essentially, I mean, this could get, be fast tracked and, and be done pretty quick. Well, I, I just, I, I guess, I would find it unusual that they would just make an adaptation that they wouldn't turn it into some kind of a you know original story. But then again, for the uninitiated, they would be like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Um, so yeah, that that might limit things. Yeah, I, boy, now that you say it, I guess I could see it either way. I don't know. You know what? This is. Um, this is one for Twitter. I'd, I would certainly like to hear. Uh, hit mm-hmm. us up at Secret2 yeah. on Twitter or uh, at the C3, which is me or our, our partner, Mark the Canardian. Um, yeah, let us know what you think about that. I, I, I could see it both ways. I'd much rather see an original story, but, you know, uh, that, that might serve to alienate the uninitiated, and that's not something that they would want to do. So, oh, anyway, yeah, that would be cool. Um, so, moving on. Disney short story buys and absorbs 20th century Fox. So what does that mean? Everything that's Fox 
gets turned into Disney. And what else does Disney own? Little comic book publisher called Marvel. Now, we've already seen Marvel adapt uh, Aliens, uh, which was a Fox property, into uh-huh. its own limited series. Or I, I mean, I haven't, I don't keep up, so I don't know that it's on camera, but I know they did something. But now they're bringing back those damn dirty apes. Uh, which they had back in the 1970s as a black and white magazine before it, you know, kind of passed into the ethos. That's coming back to Marvel. That's going to be happening next year. Looks like Boom Studios and Malibu Comics were some of the other uh, holders of the wow. Boom Malibu Comics. I remember in Malibu, uh, they tried to be a big deal, and then they were acquired by Marvel. Acquired them, and I don't think they've done anything with those characters. You know, Malibu had, it's funny you should say Marvel acquired them because Marvel or uh, Malibu had Deep Space Nine. And that was the only Star Trek title they had. The other Treks were, and so much were at DC in the 90s. Yeah. So much the point that when they crossed the two over, it was a DC Malibu joint project. So to hear that they eventually became part of Marvel, as much as I would just love to see Star Trek back in Marvel, not that I don't think IDW has produced some good stuff. I just, you know, I like my Marvel. But anyway. Um, Todd, where do you sit with Planet of the Apes? Have you kept up? Have you seen the no? Different I I think to be honest, I think the only beyond the Chuck Heston original, mm-hmm. and then the horrible Mark, Mark Wahlberg Mark. Tim Burton one. Yeah. I've not seen any other Planet of the Apes. I just it's it's a franchise that I like, find like oh, okay. I just have no passion for it, and it seems like oh, it's more Planet of the Apes. Okay, Todd, you not having passion for something. Uh, color color me unimpressed <laughs> i guess i mean after charlie after abraham lincoln i mean they can't top that man and then the the planet of the apes musical i mean that's all i need really i hate every ape i say sing it with me todd from chimpanzee to chimpanzee help Take me dr zayas help help me dr zayas yes so there we go i mean you know what if you like it um Apparently, it can always be retold. I know they did some wacky things with Beneath the Planet of the Apes. They did a TV series. They had a cartoon. They were mega figures. So, you know what? It's obviously an evergreen franchise that, you know. Everybody, it's like, you know, apes, apes, apes and robots, apes, robots and big lizards. Tell me that there's not a there's not there's not a space in the zeitgeist for those three things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know what? If you like to see some apes who potentially could throw poo at you or read a book, go see and read these books. Poo at you, Scooby-Doo. All right, what do we got next? Yeah, so Charlie, you picked this story, and I found it weird and odd. Um, Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I did not know Nerf uh, did not have a mascot. I thought their mascot was the basketball, the er, Nerf hoop basketball. I thought you were saying like Wilson was, you know, the, the volleyball mascot wilson from no i just thought it was a a ball (laughs) because nerf ball was like the thing uh but you know nerf is like kind of re reinvented itself with like nerf guns that's like the big thing now it's huge it's everywhere they're They're very big for cosplayers to buy and paint oh yeah i did that with um logan had one of his he did uh destiny he did that same thing with that he painted a nerf gun it's because they're kind of cool looking weapons and they've brought back a lot of the lines too like there's a hey i think there's a halo battle rifle there's other um i don't know has there been star wars like blasters that were nerfed too maybe 
totally. And, you know, they, they you know, much like anything with Hasbro, there's recently been like Mando's huge rifle and it was super overpriced. And they've, yeah. done, of course, they've done, of course, the, you know, regular Stormtrooper blaster and Han Solo's yeah. blaster. The real iconic, you know, looking Star Wars guns. So, yeah. Yeah. And they do even do like balls and different things. They they, they fire a billion rounds. And, and you know, if you my son, I think I found Nerf uh, bullets uh, around our house for like years. Oh, there's oh, yeah. one behind the, the. I mean, you, you, they're just everywhere, and hopefully your cats or dogs don't eat them. You're yeah. gonna be you're finding them as you unpack. Boxes. But yes, we you don't even but, know what they got in there. But mm-hmm. the real reason we're talking about Nerf is because they now have a mascot, um, and his name is Murph. Nerf, Murph, Murph, Nerf, uh, Murph, well, and he's that, and he's you know, made the, entirely out of those Nerf bullets. The Nerf bullet, you know, and shame on uh, the good folks at Viacom Paramount for not trademarking Murph, who is of course the gelatinous character from Star Trek Prodigy, um, because now that opens up the uh, possibility for a crossover. Yeah, so Murph the Nerf is just uh, these the the bullets, the Nerf bullets, and a tank top. No pants and bright orange Nerf uh, shoes. Dock doc shoes, basically. Well, I um, imagine they're probably like Crocs. I assume Nerf. Yeah, Nerf they, should make Nerf should make shoes now. I think is what we're right. saying. I think that all this. So you know what? Uh, look for the Funko of Nerf coming your way in 2023. I know. I thought it was a dumb story. I just saw uh, Seth Meyers lampooning on a YouTube clip I was watching before we got on here. Nightmare fuel all the living. I hope we just get a whole family of Nerf people. Right. Murf and Sturf and M- Glurf. M- I don't Mrs. know. The- <laughs> Glurf? <laughs> I'm making up names. I don't know. There's not a lot of Earth names for people. Um, Unfortunate bodies. Yeah, we'll have to talk to him. We'll see if Patrick knows anything or can get us uh, maybe some, some Murf uh, oh, yeah. merch. Murf merch. Yeah. Good. Uh, hit up your boy Patrick. Let's see what he, let's see what he can get accomplished. Anyway, right. moving on. Uh, back to uh, something near and dear to my heart: the Spider Man. Uh, we got Spider Man across the Spider Verse uh, coming up. Jeez, is it later this year or is it into next? Oh, year? it's no, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. That animation takes a damn long time. Got to move all the little things around. It's five years. That'll be a five years gap essentially. Did that come out in 2018? did come yeah. out in 2018, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, the continuing adventures of Miles Morales uh, crossed over with Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. Uh, we've seen trailers so far, but uh, teased recently by the director of the film, whose name I'm hunting for, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, uh, teased the appearance of a not-so-classic Spider-Man villain from the 1980s. That would be The Spot. Jonathan, oh, I can never pronounce his name, Own, Own, O-H-N-N. Uh, he worked for the Kingpin in his lab, trying to create powers, and what he did is he managed to somehow cover himself in this weird goo where he was just white with black spots on him, and each of the spots led to an alternate dimension uh, called Spot World. Uh, so he could, yeah, like I said, I'm not making this up. It's all right here. Um, yep. So, yeah, so uh, this is going to be incorporated into, according to, oh, it's not even a tweet, according to a quote of some variety, um, yeah, it, it's li- it's living ink, it's artistry come to life. You can imagine Spot as a dude in a sock suit in a live action film that's not going to work. Uh, he's an inkwell spelled on a page. It's the sort of uh, thing that goes into comic That's book, pretty comic book. cool. That's, yeah. that's that's pretty spot on. 
Oh, Jason Schwartzman is going to be playing Spot. Ah, uh, yes, it'll be very cool. And I mean, the, the the thing that we love about the movie, it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie, but the visual style was so unique and different. And adding some a villain who, like you said, Inkwell, just makes you think, wow, they're going to do some really crazy, cool effects in this movie. Um, definitely a movie I need to watch again. I've only seen it once. And... Um, Got it in Tata. If it doesn't stream, it's on my Voodoo. I'm not sure where it's at these I'm days. Sure, it's somewhere everywhere. Yeah, um, I think Netflix gets all the the Spidey films now, so I'm sure. Oh, it's do there. they really? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't see. My, Netflix has become such a powerhouse of original content. I just don't know what's there. No, so it's always it's always kind of a surprise. You can never figure it out. There's no there's yeah. no there's and, no and ways to find out. And your Roku, you simply go to the search function and type in the thing, and it tells you a couple places where it's Or use your voice it. remote and even say it, and it'll search, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I like the voice remote. It's very cool. Did, very you, cool. Say the, did you say the voice remote? Remote, in- yes, remote. remote. Yes, I'm very classy. Mm, I say things differently. Mm, yes. All right. Yes, yes. Okay, right. well, that is going to be coming soon. But something that we don't know if it's coming soon is... Hey, it's the fastest man alive getting the... F out of here. You know what slows him down? Controversy oh, and doing yeah. creepy, weird stuff. And that is Miss uh, is Ezra Miller, who I believe is non-binary, goes by they, them. Uh, and uh, Ezra is an odd bird, the best way to say this. Uh, we saw footage of Ezra, like, acting weird at a bar, assaulting someone. Uh, we've got, uh, basically, he was charged twice in Hawaii recently for disorderly conduct and second-degree assault. Um, he was accused of physically and emotionally abusing an 18-year-old named Gibson, who Miller first went when Gibson met when Gibson was 12 years old. Creepy. Um, and then uh, there's a, another restraining order against him for another person yeah uh sorry yeah um and another person who i I believe is native american uh essentially grooming this this person um this all and then now no one can find him or uh, they um i believe um so it's 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 it's, it's Ezra. ezra That's right. Yeah. So it gets, it's, it's complicated folks. Um, pronouns sure. are not my, my uh, forte. Um, but, um, yeah. So all along the way, um, Warner brothers knows they have a problem and they have a new Warner brothers, uh, is now merged with discovery and that chief of this, this new media, uh, mar- um, magnet or whatever you want to call it. It's huge. Mag- um, magnate. Yes. David Zasloff. And, he was hoping that this was going to be a big thing because he wants more DC movies. He wants Batman to be or Superman to be a bigger part of the DC universe. And the fact that this was getting so much hype because of Michael Keaton really kind of doing some weird alternate universe things as well. Flashpoint, all of those cool things. I mean, this, people were very excited about this movie, but now what are they going to do? $200 million into this movie. You just don't throw that away. So either Charlie, they've got to hope that something completely changes in a year's time that this will be off the radar. He's got some help, um, you know, changed his ways. Does a, a mea culpa, something like that, or they could basically underplay him, uh, put the movie out. And it really is the focus becomes all about Michael Keaton, which is, you know, that was going to be a surprise or mm-hmm. they dump it on HBO max, which I just, 
and 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 the um the the CEO is basically does not want to do that anymore. He doesn't want to spend a lot right. on things that go direct to HBO Max because it's like we're right. It doesn't bring where's, in the big bucks. You want it, and the, you want multiple sources of revenue. Yeah, right. yeah. So, that's, so a, that's, a, that's a tough sell to the investors that are looking at that. Those exactly those, those big numbers, which are not even, oh, we streamed X number of blocks. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, you know, it's, it's enough of an untraditional model uh, that is like, well, this made a billion dollars at the box office. Like Top Gun, that's a big success. But it's like this was the most streamed thing from this date to this date. I just it just doesn't really um, the juice doesn't get the squeeze. It, I mean, you get subscribers, but it only yeah. it may only get subscribers for a little bit of time. Versus, you know, you get that right. second you get that second hit, right? Um, you right. get the it goes to the movies and it comes in like Doctor Strange is now on Disney Plus. So right. they right. get potentially somebody wants to see Doctor Strange but didn't want to see it in the movie theater. They subscribe to Disney Plus, get three bucks. So, right. um, so along with all of this, then people said, well, why don't they just um, replace him and reshoot it? And I'm like, you can't reshoot a whole. I mean, that's impossible to do. They would have to yeah. redo the whole film. I well, mean, you can only do so much know, in post. Solo. <laughs> but yeah, well, you can't redo the film if you can't track down the star. He's missing. He's, you know, he's the, the, he's the fugitive. You could do like de-aging and weird like face stuff. That would look so bad considering Henry Cavill right. and the mustache removal method oh, did not work well. Eight. Oh, no. Mustache yeah, exactly. Eight. So and then the voice. So I don't know. But I mean, I think we're most assured that this is the only time he'll be playing Flash again. And then right. other than that, I assume we'll find out, oh, the Flash died. Now it's Wally West. I have to go back to my own planet. Pucci. Yeah. I mean, You're it'd be Wally West because there's been multiple flashes. So that's an easy right. fix, right? Yeah. Super, super easy fix. So, yeah, this will be interesting to see how this is going to play out. Yeah. But um, I find it hard to believe that it will play out favorably for Ezra Miller. <laughs> I certainly hope uh, Ezra gets help. And right. if he's hurt, if, if Ezra has hurt anyone, their justice comes to Ezra. Yes. Accountability yes. and him getting help. Professional help, yes, both things. Well, uh, we're going to talk about better things in the next segment, Charlie. And that's where we go to our favorite establishment for geeky news and sudsy drinks. And that's the Geeky Z. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Mm-mm. So Charlie, you saw Pixar's latest film. I did. I was. I was. In, I even picked up a couple of the little ships because I liked them so much. I was. I was really enamored with this film. It's funny. So this was Lightyear, and it was. It was great. They, you know, they kind of got it right out of the way at the beginning. Explain. Well, what the hell is this? What's going on? And it says, uh, you know, the opening cap says uh, in 1995. A boy named Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy for his birthday, or whatever it is, and it was it was based on his favorite. I got a toy based on his favorite film. This is that film. So what we were seeing was a film that came out in you know 1994, 1995, uh, called Lightyear about the the space rangers. Uh, you know, it's 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 you know the distant future. Uh, humanity is traveling between the stars and essentially big sleeper ships, even though it's at hyperspace. So they're you know a bajillion miles away from Earth, and. Um, they get it's kind of like alien, you know. They got woken up because you know they, their ship detected a signal, and they go down to a planet, and they end up getting stranded. Uh, and it's it's Buzz Lightyear, Captain Buzz Lightyear, and his associate um, Hawthorne, who is his commanding officer. He ends up getting them stranded, and so even though the ship is intact, it can't take off. So they go through years and years and years of tr- of him 
um, you know, taking a ship and building it and trying to, you know, achieve, you know, light speed again so they can get going. Well, every time he goes, time slows down for him. It's relativistic speeds. Time slows down for him, passes faster uh, on the other planet. And so he, he, he goes through these cycles over, over about 70 years. So obviously his um, Hawthorne, his associate, passes away by the time he gets back. Uh, Hawthorne's granddaughter is there. And unfortunately, after 70 years, when he arrives again, and again, it's interspersed between, and he also gets a beautiful robotic cat named Sox, who is his emotional support animal, which is, I, I got to add that to my collection. That is, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think it was voiced by Paul F. Tompkins. At least it sounded like him. I'd have to check. I'd have to check. Uh, Lightyear, of course, himself being voiced by Chris Evans. So it's Captain America being Buzz Lightyear, which is terrific. And uh, yeah, by the time he gets back after 66 years, there's a big, scary alien spaceship. They're being threatened by Zerg, which is mm. a story that makes sense. But that's all I'm going to say about it. I will go on record as saying my favorite Pixar film since The Incredibles, which was my it, it, The Incredibles for me, which came out in two thousand four, was is the Fantastic Four movie that we always mm-hmm. wanted. Absolutely, um, I thought this was this was great. It was it was a it was a fun sci fi story with some sci fi twists. Uh, had a little bit of emotion. Uh, had a faux controversy overseas because there was a lesbian couple in it. Oh my god! Um, but it was, it was, it was great. Um, it, it makes me kind of sad that, uh, we all, you, John and I, in our summer movie challenge, which we talked about almost weekly here on the show, uh, put this hell of a lot higher than it's going to end up going. Cause it is, it is dudding its way into the bottom of the top 10. Yeah. That's a shame. I mean, I, I've heard mixed reviews about it and, um, the, the people are like, like a little confused by the tone and I'm like, I, I right. think it looks cool. I mean, I will see it on Disney plus and, and you know, Charlie, maybe that's part of it too. We know in 45 days, it's going to be on Disney plus. True, true. And, you know, and that didn't really apply to Top Gun, which, as you and I have said time and again, is such a cinematic experience. And yes, that'll be on Paramount Plus in 30 days. I'm oh, is it coming uh, soon? I would, Well, you know, 45 days is the window, right? So that's where uh, I'm not 100% sure on Paramount Plus. I think they do some weird stuff. That wouldn't be surprising. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, you're right. Kids Speaking of which, be- the article says... Paramount undecided on when it will stream on Paramount Plus. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, because they're making all that big, you know, that movie just uh, just toppled over uh, a billion dollars, and yeah. it, it outperformed um, Marvel in a lot of key... They'll uh, perform Lightyear, yeah. right? Or no, well, yeah, Jurassic it, World did. Well, um, I, yeah. yeah, you're right, Lightyear did not capture the weekend. No, Top Gun has outper- outperformed Marvel in a lot of sectors, such as, you know, um, week over week, you know, smallest drop, biggest yeah. you know, third weekend, fourth weekend. It's just, yeah, Top Gun is, it, it, anyway, let me change gears, talk about how much I love Top Gun. Should go see it again, absolutely. Um, but this one's fun. Um, go see it at the theater. Please <laughs> please support please support our summer movie wager. We're all really hurting. But in all seriousness. Yeah, that could mean, if, if, we, if we take the guess of, if a movie makes, whatever it does in its opening weekend, essentially half of what uh, what it'll do. And as it halves it's, itself as it goes forward, like it can be a hundred million dollars. That's pretty bad. That could be one of the worst, except for the maybe the good dinosaur. This yeah. could be one of the worst performing, which is just crazy considering it's a right. toy story. Maybe it's just the fact that people just are confused and like, I don't understand this. Right. Could be. Why is he, yeah. 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 Why is and, he a toy? And the yeah, the marketing doesn't really make it at all clear. Today was the season one finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi over there on Disney Plus, episode six of six. 
we picked up where we left off our, uh, you know, diligent band of, they're not even really rebels. They're kind of pre-rebels. There's no real rebellion yet. It's kind of, uh, it's, you know, it's a bunch of people doing a bunch of stuff, whatever it is. So Ice Cube Jr. Uh, plus, uh, I'm going to draw a blank on the name of the other, who's the other famous actor who was playing the, the con man? Oh, uh, Camille Nanjiani. Yeah. Camille Nanjiani, yeah, yep. And then Obi-Wan and Leia and, 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 and her cute little droid are trying to escape when Obi-Wan figures out, you know what, uh, I'm going to, you know what, the, he's after me, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump in the, I'm going to jump in the dropship and I'm going to take off. I loved it. And, oh, they, were, they couldn't get away because their light speed didn't work, yet on the, the little shuttle had light speed. So that's plot hole number one that was driving me nuts. But and it, and the fact was that they couldn't like I'll I'll chase after him. I'll, I'm Vader. I'm going to chase after him. You keep going after them. There was no reason why right, exactly. he couldn't have just followed him in his ship. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. And by then you never hear from the rebel ship again, or they eventually obviously get Leia home because you see her there at the end. Spoilers, by the way, but you already knew that. Uh, and it's Friday, and if you haven't watched it already, give me a break. Um, so the most pivotal thing, there's two, kind of two pivotal points in this episode, uh, the duel between Obi-Wan and Vader, you were expecting it, but it's, it's brutal. It's really brutal. I, I think it's a really nice payoff. Um, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, good triumphs over evil in the end. Um, Obi-Wan finally gets, after getting buried in a mountain of rubble, he breaks loose. He's totally back in touch with the force. And he got he, his groove back, Charlie, just like Stella. He, Exactly. He about puts Vader down. He chops up Vader's respirator and then he takes a chunk out of his mask so that you do see Hayden's face. And he, he said a, a very chillingly, he says, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I killed Anakin Skywalker. Little, little tear in Charlie's eye. I that, that, that I mean, that I don't want to say it's profound, but it was just it was tough to see him. It was tough to see Obi-Wan walk away again, but it was also really pivotal, really quizzical why he didn't then now kill him this time, which he really should have done at the end of episode three. But you know what? He won't do anything bad ever again. Yeah, it's he's going to die here. He's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I should cut his head off to make sure this is really over. Exactly. Uh, didn't he say that I might have to kill him? I mean, that, that was like, come he on. Said, he said, I will do what I must. But then he didn't. But I Which was essentially beat him up a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then to and then to to look to look very longingly at the camera, like. Um, yeah. Second part is Riva, who is not dead. So she she didn't. Yeah, she didn't get her injury taken care of. So she saw uh, uh, walking around is like I overheard that message at the end of the last episode. I'm going to go to uh, Tatooine and I'm going to kill Vader's son that he doesn't know about. Um, for Justin. And then what is she going to do? Like, here's his body, Vader? Because, you yeah. know, he wants to see her again. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's going to work out for her if she goes back and finds him again. Because, and again, here's my other question. How the hell did she even get out of there? I mean, was there some kind of space Uber that she was able to ping? And Because you would imagine when the Empire pulled out, they took, they just, they took off. Um, and you don't end up seeing the Grand Inquisitor again in this episode, you know, so whatever. Um, so saw him yes. for a second, uh, and you know, he said, Oh, we should not do follow him. And then he said, no, Obi-Wan matters. We will get him. Oh, yes. you're absolutely right. Yes. yes. So at any rate, Reva's on the planet. Um, she chases down the Lars to their homestead, but they, uh, you know, they are tipped off. So Owen and Baru, um, go full, like, uh, they, they remind me very much of Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre and Tremors <laughs> with their, yeah. 
their guns and their assassin. But you know, ultimately they both they did survived. better than I thought they would. <laughs> and, and, they, and they lived, which you know, yeah. again, Todd, I will I will lend you this one. And I was talking to uh, I was talking to our friend, our friend Mark. I love Mark. I do a Star Wars show with Mark. Mark does tend to have a little bit of the rosy colored glasses about the Star Wars. I love this episode too, but the plot there were some plot holes in this you could drive a truck through. The fact that um, and Todd, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback a line off of your own. This was the, the last act of this was very much no stakes. You knew Owen and Baru were gonna be fine, and you knew that Luke was gonna be fine, or you would have had no movies that followed it. Um, but but in in to play devil's advocate. Maybe that wasn't really the point. Maybe this was a, you know, this was, a, you know, following the arc of Riva from episode one, where she's unredeemably evil to the middle, where you find out kind of what her motivation is. And then she gets stabbed by Vader and doesn't die somehow, uh, you know, that she finds her own redemption. And then she has her fireside chat with Obi-Wan at the end. And then she's off to parts unknown. That part I enjoyed. But yeah, the, 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 the quote unquote high stakes, no risk, high, high stakes, no stakes. Uh, of them running around, I found was kind of remotely obnoxious. Um, and in the end, Obi Wan uh, Obi Wan gets to meet Luke. Hello there, which was you know, wee, you know, cl- clap you train seals. Um, and then he wanders off into the desert, and we get a cameo from Liam Neeson as Qui Gon, which was totally awesome. So um, it was fun. I was talking with Mark about this. I was in a conversation between uh, John and our friend Derek, who was one of my figure collecting buddies, big Star Wars guy, and. Um, it was, I like what John had to say. It was, it was fun. It was flawed. It could have been condensed in like a two, two and a half hour movie. Plenty of filler, plenty of filler and plot holes. Um, I like it though. I'll probably have to slam, I'll probably slam the whole thing again in order to do a holocron next week. Um, but um, I, I enjoyed it. But again, you know, you're playing with fire anytime you're wedging a story between other story points that are immutable, which is in this case, the entire original trilogy. Um, so don't think about it too much. Turn your brain off. Just like when you, you know, went to go see Top Gun and all the military inaccuracies. Like when my dad told me he loved Top Gun Maverick, I was like, you shut up. Because when we saw the first Top Gun, when I was 10, he was like, because my dad was in the Navy. Well, you know, blah, 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 this thing and that thing, blah, 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 this thing and that. My daddy's in his 70s now. He can enjoy a movie. So you know nothing in the Navy changed 20 years after your dad served. So Todd, you know what? (laughs) Take, Take a page from my dad's book. Instead of being a grump, just enjoy the movie. There you go. I, I did enjoy Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the show. Enjoy this oh, show. Try, no, there's there's good things in this this the show, but to me it was totally predictable. Had no twists. Had yeah, like everything's true. gonna happen the way it is. And I'm like, that's okay, but it's like don't make it out to be the greatest thing ever. It's the best Star Wars ever. If that's that's just people that love Star Wars more than anything else versus having an objectivity. I get that, but please Please, the latest, greatest thing is always going to be the newest Star Wars. It's always going to be right. my newest face, and that's everything right. that ever comes out. Oh, I love Baby Garuda. I like this. I like, oh, Porgs uh-huh. are great. Yeah, I mean, I will, it's the same. I will, I will tell you that very few people that I know said that about the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> no, no, that's true. <laughs> was, uh, no, they no, but they was like, oh, it's more, it's it's Ahsoka, and it's it's uh, more Mando, or more Mando. They love that, but I mean, right. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it had, I liked the, I liked the fights. I liked all of those cool parts of it that essentially were unfortunately such a small part of it and so much right. of it was just like long Leia's got kidnapped again or long right. uh, and I get it that you want to develop uh, Obi-Wan but I think there's ways to do that that aren't just taking their time to do that there's a way to do it more effectively I think of like a movie like Logan mm-hmm. um, 
that movie was tight and did a lot of emotional journey and delivered in a lot of different ways. This, I felt like because it was a TV series, did feel cheap in a lot of ways. It didn't feel like, wow, that's like, if it was done in a movie, I think we would have gotten some better visual visuals. That one planet they visited that looked like a, a granite pit. I mean, yeah. it's like there wasn't a lot of style to the show either. I just didn't feel like it, uh, except for that one planet they visited was a little colorful. I just felt like, yeah, kind of feels gray. I want Star yeah. Wars to look beautiful and fantastic. And, you know, it, it, this the show met my expectations, which unfortunately for Star Wars is it's pretty low these days. It's like, eh, well, it's a, you eh. know, it's a it's a standard. And I think you and I have had this conversation before that Star Wars is um, it's it's pizza and ice cream. You know what I mean? It's never going to be filet mignon and twice baked Alaska. But you know it could be. But, but but it, it could, could be. Have higher aspirations, be. like Star Trek. Charlie, Star Trek used be, to be that, that yeah. Star Trek. But that's Star Trek. But but Star, no, Trek. Star Trek was very bland for many years, though. It was right. doing the same thing, and and then what does it do? It it waters down everything. It makes everything feel kind of weak, and it's just like you're more you're more nostalgic yeah. than yeah. quality. So I, I, I would yeah. say. I, so, um, and that's something we actually can address pretty quickly because I didn't have it as a story beat, but uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, so I would say I liked Obi Wan Kenobi enough, but it didn't blow my socks off like other people. That's fine. Um, but um, Taika Waititi said he's kind of gotten the message that, and he kind of feels this way: Star Wars is stagnant and it needs to grow. And he's looking to say, "He goes, I, I don't want to meet Chewbacca's grandma. I don't right. want to do this." He goes, and I'm like. If anybody can do that, it's Taika. I hope he doesn't get pissed off by Disney when they try to control him. I mean, um, look, because, what, look, look what he was able to pull off with Thor. Yeah. I mean, Thor, Thor had a mid first movie. It had a second movie. Absolutely. And then we got Ragnarok, and it was like, this is fun. And then Love and Thunder, because, again, you paired up with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I, I get a feeling it may be a smaller part of that film. But regardless, Guardians of the Galaxy is all about fun. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, I think that movie's really going to blow it away. It's not going to yeah. you know do Top Gun money, but I'm very excited for it. But anyway, moving on to the second beat of this, and you tagged yeah. it mm -hmm. uh, about the possibility of a second season, and and I, I addressed this in Holocron, which uh, which just came out today on Wednesday. Um, this headline simply says, "Star Wars boss considering Obi Wan Kenobi season two if fans really want it." I would say I was is two water minds. wet. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say that I'm a. I, I cannot say that I'm of two minds about this because I'm absolutely one mind about this. Absolutely not. Um, I think this did as much as it should do, um, and Obi Wan needs to spend the next nine years sitting on his ass in his little in his little you know uh, Tatooine trailer park house. Um, because he's just not—he's just really not supposed to do anything more. So I don't want to be like, well, I'm still watching Luke, but I'm gonna uh, Reva shows up, and now we've got to go find the the Star Wars equivalent of the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know. I just I don't want to see it. It's, you don't want youngling quest? Like I'm gonna find all the younglings that might have survived. Yeah, like oh, I've just found this new list and this thing, and Doctor Aphra shows up. Well, she'd be too young, but regardless, you yeah. know, uh, it was just like, yeah, now we're gonna do a this and that is blah blah. blah. No, it's just Obi Wan. Boom, he had a shot. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was what it was, but you know, move on to the next thing because you, you know? can't have you can't do bring back Vader again because why? Because yeah. Vader already got his ass kicked twice by yeah. Obi Wan. It's kind of what's the point? It's pointless. It's just yeah. people. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be another whooping. And I said this to April as we were talking, and it was funny. Even April broke out. She actually echoed your. Well, there's no stakes to this. As we were watching the finale, I'm like, that's what Oxtra always says. And in this case, he's absolutely right. But yeah, I, and I, mm -hmm. I made the point that when Obi Wan and Vader have their final duel, um, Vader doesn't really beat him. 
Obi-Wan surrenders so that mm-hmm. uh, Luke and Leia can escape. Um, so, yeah, Vader never really beat him except for that one time that, you know, he dragged his ass through the fire and stuff. But I would say by the end of the series that Obi-Wan definitely beat him a bit more because he had him he had him hobbling out. Well, he was like, showing some cool abilities too, like all of those stones behind him he was throwing. Yeah, he was. That was very cool. Yeah, that was something that we've only seen, you know, in The Last Jedi, Ray move the yeah, rocks doing so this the rest yeah. rebels could escape. But that's it. She, he didn't do the, you know, the Jesus move where he picked him up and was like... Pfft. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Charlie, I, I, I would, I think you're exactly right. I don't think they need a sequel because I just don't know what they would actually achieve with it. Um, right. I mean, they're, they're, it's not like Obi Wan didn't have any episodes in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Or any he, episodes. He, yeah. He had plenty of his. Not only was he in nearly every episode of that, but he had he had great story arcs. He had you know the rise and fall of his relationship with Duchess H- Satine of Mandalore. That was a great storyline. He had the stuff with Maul. That was a great storyline. Um, so yeah, Obi Wan is just just let him be, let him be done. It's okay. Yeah. Um, or let him somehow show up in the Bad Batch. I don't know. Well, then no, that wouldn't really work either. But you know, well, if, if it. If it makes sense for him to guess in something else said in the same time period, like he did in Rebels, you know, which was set two years before A New Hope. Um, why not? I have an but idea. Yeah. I mean, okay. people seem to be fans of Reva. Maybe just make it a Reva series. And she could kind of be mentored by him, but not with him, but more communications, things like that. So um, a little, little cameos, but he's on the other side of a TV screen kind of deal? Yeah, I mean, I, that could work. And then maybe make it an Inquisitor series. Ooh, where she maybe tries yeah. to take out the Inquisitors or something like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, it doesn't have to be a sequel, but it could have him in it and still be, but he wouldn't be the focus because I think his story is not right. told. I, and I would absolutely say, and I'm sure I'll echo this um, also on um, when we talk about it on a holocron, I think there's a great potential for her to have the story as well. So anyway, yeah. Wrapping up, let's move on uh, to talking about your stuff, and I will chime in as yes, well. Yes, yes. So, Miss Marvel, I did not get a chance to watch episode three today because I worked. Okay. I worked at the office, so uh, really, the first two episodes. We talked about episode one last week. Episode two, wow they they covered a lot of things. I mean, we Indeed. got our training montages. We got mm-hmm. a lot about Pakistani Muslim life in mm-hmm. in in and just. Seeing just talking about discrepancies in the way women and, and males are treated, even in even in um, in the house of worship, the women are, are segregated. They're in a crappier place. Um, we get new characters introduced, and it was funny, that, Charlie, when uh, the one uh, romance uh, item came up. Chris says he's a plant. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You think? I'm like, totally. yeah, so totally nailed it. But I mean, I, and then we got really seeing that training montage was really cool. And we did find out that the device actually doesn't do anything. It just really unlocked her powers. But right. she is the sole provider of it or enhances her powers. So that's kind of cool because it then takes away the anybody could use her powers. Right, right. So, like the Iron Man suit. Yeah, like put yeah. on a suit or whatever. Yeah, yeah so it, it actually does. It actually does uh, do that up. So episode three definitely goes in a different direction. I'll tell you okay. that much um enjoy the series again it's not for me so i wouldn't say it's it i'm not the audience so i I wouldn't say it was hyper drilled into it the way that that i am with 
other Marvel shows, like I'm really it's tired of a rom-com yeah. in a lot of ways or a teen yeah. comedy, which is fun. Right. I enjoy those. And, you know, quite honestly, Chris is eating this up. She loves Miss Marvel. She yeah. loves the character and everything. So this is like one of her fa- Like she actually wants to watch this. She she like watched a little bit of Obi-Wan. She's like, oh, yeah, it's Obi-Wan. And she, yeah. So this one really called to her. Right. Well, good. Hey, you know what? That's where it's at. That's what that's what Marvel does really well. They do something for everybody. Every character is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what phase four has really pulled off. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got we've got Moon Knight. uh, You know, we've gotten, uh, you know, Hawkeye, obviously Hawkeye and and certainly Captain America and Falcon for the fans of the nittier, grittier, um, you know, Punch them ups. WandaVision you know. going really crazy. Yeah. Loki, right. you know, right. exploring some of those those uh, multiverse uh, things that are going on. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of everything oh, right. for everyone. Yeah, it's it's a very fun show and it's short. So that's another fun thing. It's like short you don't have to. Good. Yeah, yeah. Short um, is so, good. But yeah, moving on to this next one, <laughs> Mama. Um, I said to April is I because I watched this. I was in, I, I watched this in the hotel room because I was gone overnight uh, last Thursday and woke up and watched this. Uh, in my, do you see those pictures of that ridiculous hotel room I had last week? Yes, you had the, the the boardroom. I checked into this hotel in uh, Chesterfield Township, was in Macomb County here in Michigan, and for some reason they put me in the conference suite. So I walk into this room, which is three times the size of a normal hotel room, with a conference table and a pull down bed, and I'm like, should I have a cocaine party with a bunch of sorority girls? I don't know. I didn't do, you do really that. Want your coworkers in your room. That's just like, bet, that it doesn't with, work with, in these times. With, with two beds, too, you yeah. know. And it wasn't even an old hotel. It was weird. But anyway, yeah, I watched this episode and so this we're talking about the boys, folks. Boys episode boys. five. Yes. Yeah. We we um yeah, this is you though. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah, so the boys, um, you know, the, the big premise this season has been Homelander is essentially now Donald Trump because right. he's saying whatever he wants. He right. is now and he's now taken down Vought uh, with right. the help of his adopted daughter, who was the head burster. And right. Right. Uh, essentially, uh, Homelander is we, – we just feel it, that he's on the verge of doing something really, really, really bad. Yeah, and, he's going he's to drop the pretense and just, start, and just start blowing people's heads off. Yeah, and, and if they take an action against him, he said, what are you going to do? I could take out a million people. And they're like, right. that's right. So they have to find something to take him down because even the, the things that – the blackmail they had, he, he could care less now. He doesn't – he has enough people that would love him like like – our former president says, I could shoot someone and I wouldn't go to jail. He could kill right. a million people and they wouldn't care. They would right. still elect him for, you know, Sweep CEO of the year. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, so we one of the premises was that we thought there might be a weapon that could take him down. And we found out that this is indeed Soldier Boy. And Soldier yes. Boy, Jensen That's Eccles. Uh, he's in a lab just very much like the winter soldier. Um, he's bearded up and you saw the horrible things they did to him experimentation and man. Oh man. He's a bad, bad man. And he's now got these powers to essentially take away soups abilities. Right. Yeah. Which he did. Well, and murder them. <laughs> what's, what's, what's his name? Is it Miko? Miko. Yeah. Miko who doesn't speak. Yeah. He zapped her and uh, took away her Wolverine powers. Um, so now she's just normal. Um, and, and I will yeah. say, Charlie, that one scene, though, the musical scene was fantastic. Totally unexpected. Yeah. I, I liked it in Todd. I know you love musicals, but yeah, one hallmark of this episode is you have to see somebody horribly like burned or exploded. And they did that with. Uh, What's her butt? Who played Andrew on The Walking Dead? Who was Crimson Cowell? I don't know what her name is. Yeah, 
Scarlet, Scarlet, Siren. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, the Soldier Boy's old girlfriend. He breaks in and she's tied up because the boys are trying to get information out of her. And he just she says, "Well, you know, we hated you, so I sold you out to the Russians." He just nukes her uh, and then walks away. So yeah, obviously it's Soldier Boy is going to be the key. So now they have to find a way to harness him to zap. Homelander to make Homelander go away. And I have no idea if that's what happened in the comics, but it seems like that's what they're working on. Yeah, I probably I, I probably need to read the rest of the line, the run because uh, I'd i like to see if they're following the, the standard plot or if it's doing it's going to start doing its own thing. So I don't know. There's only so many the boys comics anyway, so they right. potentially could veer off. But one thing I thought was hilarious, Charlie, um, the, the, the Scarlet Siren or whatever her name is, that song she sang about apes was hilarious. <laughs> well, I tell you, whatever, whatever pays the bills, right? It's like uh, it's like Joe Danger or no Joe Exotic from uh, the Tiger King where he sings that song. Oh, God. <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah, the God, that, that Tiger King was such an explosion right when COVID hit. That was just like, what I needed to, to stay sane. Awful. Everybody needs this because we're the shit is just going to get worse. Oh my God, yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that was wild. So anyway, yeah, that takes us out of the geek easy. So Todd, it is time to uh, flag down uh, yet another gypsy cab. We got to get over to the airport uh, to Air Qantas to get to the land down under. Yeah, that's right. It's time for the Thunderdome. The mutants are waiting. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained, and this week. The topic is really interesting because, Charlie, you and I were talking, I'm like, I think this could be interesting because what peaked the topic this week was the fact that Top Gun, um, essentially the first movie, was inspired by an article that was written many, many years ago that was all about the school at Miramar called Top Gun. And... They yeah, essentially, they essentially got a uh, they they licensed the, the 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 article for the movie. The film, written by a guy named Jim Cash, professor at Michigan State University. So Top Excellent. Gun itself sprung from our alma mater. Don't know if you knew that. That is fantastic. Well, apparently, uh, the article is from 1983. Inspired, they had licensed uh, the. Um, the, the rights to it, but apparently they expired. So essentially the family of the author is suing Paramount. You know, what's the best time to sue someone when they have their when biggest success ever. And they're saying, Oh, your, your rights expires. Now we're going to sue you. Now, sure. my question is, cause I'm assuming the article was more about factual, like what the school is like, it wasn't a fictional story of a pilot named Maverick, and they they had right. licensed the story. It was more like they used information to inform right. getting technical, right? And, and again, the, the feel right. The the film, uh, the second film, had, Top Gun was the setting, but it was not the the setting was not pivotal to the plot. It well, was the place, tech it was a, and everything else a, has yeah. changed too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the, the the first film was about you know Maverick and his struggle, and I got to get through, and I'm in competition, and blah blah, and I'm I'm versus myself. Where in this, it's like you know, yeah, he's still whatever, but you know, he has to you know train down these raw pilots to take on this this mission to from this. Uh, and I always love in Top Gun how we never find out who the villains are. 
because obviously they want to be able to show it in whatever country it is that they say the film, the villains are. So, um, but yeah, it was very different, but yeah, um, your point being made, there's always a loophole and you always go after where you can find the exactly. And I, and I think they can probably get around this pretty easily with their, their million dollar lawyers to say, you know what? Um, we already had something to base it off of um, with the characters we created, um, the storyline we created. It just happened to be at the school, and we didn't use anything from your article to make this movie. And it, it, they still had the right until a year after it was released. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it just seems weird. But, I mean, people should be able to sue, but this one just seems a little suspect. But um, right. the reason why we did this is because we're going to talk about weird lawsuits in Hollywood, highly weird or in geek media. So this was the one that really tipped me off of this topic. And Charlie, so I got some other ones. It was funny because one of the people that really likes uh, to get sued is Todd McFarlane. He does. He shows up twice in your look. I, I was right. It ends with an E, not a D. I fixed you want it. Me to yeah. Oh, no, I fixed yeah, it. You, you yeah. fixed it after I said, oh, Todd, I tell you. Well, well, let's see, folks behind, I'm raising the curtain. We put links to things and we rename them. One was Todd McFarland and one was Todd McFarlane. Uh, so uh, one, Todd, I was right half of the time, Charlie. If I can get you before the time that both of us die to admit on the first pass that you screwed up, I will be a very happy man. I got the so first you, one wrong. I got the first one right. I had the other one right. Like when, like when we paid 20 questions and I beat you, you're like, well, that's not fair. You're a you're a take the ball in the bat and go home kind of guy. No, I admit it. I got the first one wrong. I got the second okay. one right. Okay, all right. So anyway, I would. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan uh, of Spawn, but of course I remember the fun movie. But yeah, Todd McFarlane and Neil Gaiman uh, were the the creators slash co creators. But apparently, it looks like over 20 years uh, they were fighting each other in court um, to figure out who is the creator and who could get the big buck. So you, you know more about this than me. So you yeah. So that. Todd McFarlane, famous artist, Spider-Man, well-known for that, went off and became a founder of Image, created the Spawn comic book. So an image uh, was all about um, creator rights. And Todd McFarlane brought on a lot of talent to uh, collaborate on Spawn, and they would create characters for it. Well, apparently Todd McFarlane forgot that he was supposed to like allow these characters to either be partially owned or whatever. He made a deal to say, Oh, you own these characters, even though they appear in the book. Well, Tom McFarlane mm-hmm. created the character of, uh, Oh, uh, Angela, the yeah. uh, angel. Um, yeah. and apparently Tom McFarlane essentially didn't live up to his word and essentially said, no, you don't own these, Neil, they're mine. They're part of spawn. You were paid for work. So it's almost like he became Marvel, you know, he became right. the, the big bad. So yeah. he was sued by Neil Gaiman to get the rights back. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Frank Miller also did some of the work on there. Alan Moore, Dave Sim, a bunch of these guys oh, all goodness. worked with McFarlane um, on different issues. So essentially he created uh, Angela Coglistrio and medieval spawn um, and apparently after that deal, uh, the, they had an original deal. It fell through. Then McFarlane said, Nope, but they're all mine. Go and, you know, hit rocks that eventually fell through. And Todd McFarlane lost the lawsuit. And guess Ouch. who now is part of the Marvel universe? Uh, that would be Angela because I had exactly. a figure for the longest time. Yeah, I think it was when I got rid of. But yeah, it was it was a pretty cool figure, pretty cool character. Very 90s looking character. Not oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, 
Yes, yes. So that's that's you know the first time Todd kind of well not the first time but one of the most famous ones because it was kind of like he was just you know you don't want to live long enough to become the villain and he became the villain in this case. So Todd Todd's an odd guy, but um, what else he did was he essentially created a character in Spawn um, called Anthony Twistelli, who was a mobster in Spawn uh-huh. and Tony, Tony Twist exactly. Well. Unfortunately, Todd's Canadian, so he really likes the NHL. He, right. the the a, a hockey player named Tony Twist, said, "Hey, you can't make a character like me who's now a killer and a mob boss. I'm right. suing you." And Todd right. McFarlane said, "Oh, I can do whatever I want because it's you know." I- yeah, he says it was protected under the First Amendment, but he's a Canadian. Well, I'm assuming he operates in the U.S., so he gets to operate in U.S. law. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. So uh, essentially, they said, uh, "No, you can't uh, put someone in your comic and do whatever you would like with them, unless they are like a uh, like a public figure in regards to like a politician." I think right. uh, you can't use athletes. Like you couldn't put Michael Jordan in your in your Star Trek story, Charlie, if, and then mm-hmm. publish and say Michael Jordan. Star Captain. <laughs> He's a Klingon. He's exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. So uh, so eventually, um, you know, and he he uh, has a big toy company. So it was funny. He he said he only had um, six hundred eighty three thousand dollars. I mean, like that's not a lot for Todd McFarlane. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, he's kind of crazy guy. Uh, and essentially, they did settle. Um, they did settle. Lost lawsuit, and um, fifteen million dollars went to Tony Twist. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is an article from back in 04. And it looks like this. Yeah. He had to file chapter 11 to get away from all of his debtors. And yeah, it's kind of ugly stuff for him back then. But that was a long time ago. And like he you said, just make more toys, right? Yeah, exactly. So and then, yeah, your next list is uh, movies that got sued for crazy reasons. Oh, my God. Uh, Titanic, Harry Potter, The Hangover. Oh, my God. Yeah, goodness. some of these are interesting. Yeah, so um, the movie yesterday, which you saw, Charlie, uh-huh. uh, full of Beatles hits, of course. Um, and two fans have taken a $5 million lawsuit against the studio as the film didn't include Anna de Armas in the final cut, in spite of her name being in the cast list. It, and being used in promotional material. So that's $5 million. Not- you didn't put her in the film that I paid $8, $8 to see. So I'm suing oh you for goodness. $5 million. False advertising? Oh, really? Boy. I can do that? Mm-hmm. Like when they put uh, when they put scenes in the uh, the trailer that aren't actually in the movie? Oh my god! Is a group called the Wind Sisters sued and tried to block the release of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire as the band in the film's Yule Ball were called Weird the Sisters. Weird Sisters. Okay, it didn't go the band's way, and they had to pay Warner's legal fees. Oh. Wow! Ouch! Ooh, well, that, that, that is that is a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why you don't hear much about it. So, ooh, Titanic. A Florida man sued the movie. For three hundred million dollars, as he believed Jack Dawson was based on his life, but he's not. But but Jack died. <laughs> How can yeah, it be? Exactly. Like, Wait, you're not, you're alive. It was based, you based didn't on died? Part, part, parts of my life. Parts of my life. So anyway, um, I'm was guessing, he on the Titanic and he survived yeah. and he and he had a he he gave Rose a diamond. He was. It was the other way around. Rose, he drowned Rose, and then oh. he floated down the. So he actually he was Rose. Wood, yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness! Uh, in the Hangover, to a tattoo artist, uh, tried to sue the movie uh, because they claimed the tattoo that Mike Tyson had was based on yeah. his design. And the lawsuit settled out of court, and the tattoo got to stay in the film. I assume the guy got the yeah. Mic. Stu uh, 
what's his name? Um, oh, in the office, who always oh, say Ed Helms. Ed Helms, yeah, Stu, yeah, yeah. and apparently it was based on Mike Tyson's tattoo. Oh my goodness, that's so um, weird. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, makes sense. All right, uh, let, we've let, got let, another. Let, oh, we've got a Nick Cage one, Charlie. Uh, oh, apparently. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the movie Knowing, uh, apparently uh, it made more headlines for its lawsuit than its box office numbers. A tech company sued the film, claiming it infringed on its pan- pending patent. In the film, uh, Cage's character encrypts a string of numbers using a code that matches the one of the, the one in the patent application. That would be so easy to avoid. Come on. Wait, wait they didn't do research for a Nick Cage movie? Oh, boy. I can't believe Nick Cage didn't do the research himself, but it doesn't have to do with bees and catching things on fire and faces off. I guess it's just really not for him. The movie Drive Woman decided to sue the makers of Drive for false advertising as based on the trailer she was suspecting a movie along the lines of Fast and Furious. She argued that there wasn't enough driving in the film. Uh, The lawsuit, unsurprisingly, was unsuccessful. Oh, man. False Uh, advertising. You can't sue for false advertising in a movie. I know. It's, it's like a, looking at a cover of a comic and say, that didn't happen in the comic. Yeah, yeah like, the, like the Superman comic that kicked off this uh, issue. Superman didn't take over the world. Uh, and then finally, The Dark Knight, this one, uh, there's a city in Turkey called Batman, and the mayor decided to sue The Dark Knight as there is only one famous Batman in the world, and that is his city, and he was incorrect. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so crazy. Um, one last uh, tragic lawsuit that happened. It was the making of the Twilight Zone film. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah. It was that scene in Vietnam. There was a helicopter, a crash. Yeah, John, uh, John Landis. Yeah, John Landis. Yeah, uh, actor Vic Morrow and two children actors died on set. John Landis. Um, it was crazy because, I mean, he went, uh, uh, he went to court and essentially was not found guilty of negligence because I believe it was a producer on the film too. Like essentially if you're a producer, you're responsible for safety, all the things kind of like the um, uh, Alec Baldwin case, you know, right. I think, oh, yeah, I think that's going to, I'm assuming yeah. that's going to go uh, on trial eventually because of, you know, somebody dying on set. Um, and then we right. obviously had uh, what happened to Brandon Lee where he died on set. I'm not sure if anybody that actually went to court or not, but um, it's crazy. I mean, it's movies. People shouldn't die on making the movies. Right. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, little bit too real life. So anyway, wild man. Yeah. What a fun segment. This was one, you know, I tell you, Todd never fails to come up with these kind of wacky ideas. So I enjoyed that. But with that, that's the end of the show. So, friends, thank you as always for joining us. It's great to have you here. I have been Charlie Carden. You can find me over uh, on Twitter at the C3. Spell it on out. I'm sharing fun memes and giving commentary and things of that nature. Uh, my lovely wife April and I also run the USS Grant Petoskey, the Michigan chapter of the Starfleet International Fan Club. You can find us on all socials and at the website of the same name. I also do my best to fill up the content over at our Secret Friends Unite facebook page so if you see it very often it's me and my wonderful ability to future schedule things before i have to go to work that day but that's me todd what about you well you can follow me at tioxtra on twitter where i tweet about video games and various things that make me laugh um and by the way folks go on twitter and follow the at the canardian but just follow him so you can um really put some really good gifts on when he makes a bad dad joke. Cause they're getting out of control folks. Yeah, they are out of control. 
we're talking about an international intervention here. It's He's it's it's really bad. bad. Yeah, he needs some help. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also check out our YouTube page. Uh, videos are going up all the time. Two subscribers away from hitting 100. Oh, please subscribe. Uh, comment on the video. Leave us a comment. We'll we'll, we'll comment back at you. Um, and let us know. Uh, you know what else you'd like to see. Um, you know, okay. potentially put some more content up there. So that is it for me. Thanks for you joining us, folks. Got it. Yes, as always, uh, I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.